This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Uh, countdown is on for Notre Dame, West Durham, as the Irish prepare to yep. get to beautiful Omaha, Nebraska, where they will see the Texas Longhorns on Friday in Game 1 as the Irish quest to try to win a national championship in baseball and defend it for the ACC's uh, bragging rights and all that good stuff, trying to win another one for the conference. Haven't done it since Virginia did it back in 2015. But Notre Dame's the last team standing from the ACC. There you go. Uh, Irish and Longhorns, Friday night, 7 o'clock on ESPN. And, of course, wall-to-wall coverage of the College World Series starts on Friday as well. Uh, Is it championship or bust for Notre Dame pack, or has it already been successful for Link Jarrett in South Bend this year? Well, it already has been successful because you're still playing. Uh, there's a lot of folks sitting on mm-hmm. the couch that had great seasons going, man, I wish we yeah. could be playing. So from that perspective, yeah, it's been successful that Notre Dame is still alive and kicking. They didn't host a regional. They had to go and play the t- best team in the planet Earth, apparently, in Tennessee. They took care of them. So there's a lot of uh, notches on the belt if you're Link Jarrett. But, hey, like I said, you're there to win a national championship. The object now is to have that dog pile and be the last team standing. So, yeah, there's still unfinished business here. It's kind of like uh, North Carolina and Duke getting to the Final Four, and that's all sweet and great, but the object's let's go win the thing. And that's what Notre Dame's thinking right now. And if you're Link Jarrett, hey, life's good. I mean, your team's playing terrific. you got experience. They can play the defense. They can pitch. They can hit. They got, and there's a reason why they're still standing there. And, oh, by the way, Link's going to be in high demand, uh, not only at Notre Dame, to continue the great success he's had there, yeah. but uh, given the openings that we talked about at Clemson and Florida State, respectively, in baseball, uh, his name's going to be on the short list across the board on those fronts. So life is good if you're Link Jarrett, but there is unfinished business in Omaha. Paca also, by the way, uh, heard that his name is being linked, pardon the pun, to the vacancy at Southern California as well. Because, as you know, in the college baseball world, USC's fallen on hard times. That was right. a, That is a rich tradition, proud program, and as of late, just quite frankly, not been very competitive in the Pac-12. We've seen Oregon State, of course, and others uh, kind of grab it. Stanford is going back to the College World Series this year out of the Pac-12. But uh, his name has also come up there. So Jack Swarbrick and Notre Dame, again, without speaking for them, would appear to be uh, in, a, in a position where they're going to have to make a significant investment in baseball. Now, Link Jarrett got a raise last year after their trip to the Super Regional in Starkville, but it's my understanding from talking to a couple people yesterday that that salary increase did not push him anywhere near competitive to the numbers that are going to be offered by the two schools we know about in the ACC and potentially what Southern California could put together. And, of course, as we've noted, he is a Florida State alum. Well, I think if you're a Notre Dame fan, and I think if you're Link Jarrett, hey, you, you don't – this is all outside noise, right? This is, hey, we'll worry about yep. all this stuff when we're over and done with. The object <clears throat> here is let's get our team dialed in and ready to go. And they've been dialed in from the get-go. They've been dialed in when they got yep. hosed by the committee not to host a regional. They were ready to roll. They came down there and played great baseball, pitched, pitched, pitched. And then what they did in Knoxville was still got people buzzing about what that's all about in the world of college baseball. So the object for them is not that's all outside noise. And I guarantee if Link Jarrett was on with us right now or watching the show, he'd sit mm. there and go, guys, yeah. quit talking about me. Let's talk about our baseball team because we've got to got mm. we got to get ready to get play Texas. 
And the Longhorns came back sure. from the dead in Greenville where they were absolutely no man's land. Lost game one. They had basically zero pulse left in game two, getting ready to get eliminated. Two in barbecue in Greenville. Found a way to win and then yep. dominated East Carolina in game three. So Texas kind of feels like, hey, great tradition, great history. Got all the money in the world. We know how that works in the great state of Texas. They've been in this College World Series a gazillion times. They've won it a gazillion times. They kind of feel like they're a team of destiny. So, yeah, that's why when you asked me that question last hour about the team of destiny, all these teams feel that way. I mean, hey, this is our year. We just yep. talked to you know Gabby Leon yesterday who said, hey, you know, I kind of felt like now's my time. There's eight teams getting to Omaha that feel now's my time. Ole Miss hadn't been there in 100 years. They're back. Arkansas, after what happened to them a year ago, hey, this is our year. I mean, so they all have that mindset. So all this talk about Link Jarrett, does he stay at Notre Dame? Does he go to Florida State? Is Clemson in the hunt? Is it SC? I promise you, I promise you, Jack Swarbrick and Link Jarrett are like, hey, shh, don't want to talk about this. Is this is all this is is a distraction? Let's concentrate on winning a national mm-hmm. championship. Um, a couple of things here about Notre Dame in particular. What Notre Dame did last week just adds to the Notre Dame mystique a little bit, yeah, right? No doubt. Go to Knoxville, knock off the number one overall seed. You know, look, now I know Digger Phelps and snapping Notre Dame's or UCLA's 88-game win streak is is a whole different thing. But this also is an add-on to just kind of the stuff Notre Dame does. Tennessee had been 49-0 and this season when leading entering, entering the seventh inning. The most wins without a loss of any team in Division One, Right. And Notre Dame beats them. Just think about that. Just kind of the Notre Dame thing to do, right? <clears throat> this is how people oftentimes I think, you know, you love them or hate them type deal. Well, this is why people love them. It's because they're never out of it and they got that Notre Dame thing going on. And, uh, I mean, we've seen it before, Pac. I mean, oh. we saw it again last weekend. We uh, Friday night, no chance whatsoever. Look at this. ACC Network tweeted this out yesterday. The Giant Slayers. Just look at this right here. This is the stuff we're talking about right there. It's crazy. Well, you know, we could even take it. You could take it another step further. If I'm not mistaken, didn't Notre Dame also snap North Carolina women's soccer win streak where they tied them up in the early yes. 90s? And it was like at 90-some games off the top of my head. I think that's what it was. I mean, so mm-hmm. they've done it. It's not just in one sport where you're like, well, hey, they've beaten the number one team half dozen times. We've seen this before. They do it across right. the board. So, you know, the luck of the Irish, you hear that term all the time and all that stuff. They have they have risen to the occasion in moments where you're like, well, they got no shot. They got, they, surely they can't beat number one this time. Yes, they can. Mm-hmm. And here they go again. So, Again, you want to call it Team of Destiny, all that stuff. Like I said, a lot of that, to me, is a lot of media hype. Uh, there's a lot of teams that feel that they're destined to win in Omaha. But Notre Dame can play. And, um, you know, can't wait to see how it plays out, man. This thing with Texas on Friday is going to be a real deal. Like I said, the Longhorns were given up for dead in Greenville, North Carolina last week, and they found a way to win too. So good teams will survive in advance to get to Omaha. You, you have to do it. The only way to do it. Uh, Notre Dame will try to do one thing. Uh, they're one of um, only the previous five such teams that didn't win multiple games in Omaha. 
Uh, Michigan made it all the way to the 2019 College World Series Finals. NC State was in position to do the same last year. Um, you know, now you're trying to knock out the top seed and win multiple games in Omaha. NC State and Michigan both uh, were able to pull some of that off. It, it, these games in this format out here, these first two are the critical. You want to get to 2 1, or you want to get to the 2 0 game uh, out of the first couple of weeks, or the first week, I should say. NC State last year, Virginia. These are teams without hosting either the regionals or the supers uh, that got to the College World Series. They're the sixth ACC team to reach, of course. But you want to get to the 2-0 game like NC State did last year. That's the critical piece in this whole scenario for Link Jarrett and uh, and the ACC, for that matter. Well, it's hard to win it from the loser's bracket. It's been done before, but you just don't want to put yourself mm. in a position where, hey – Next time you play, it's a loser-leave-town match. Uh, So that first game is critical, kind of like what you talked about last week uh, when we got to the Supers and you talked about a team like Virginia Tech who had never hosted before, how important Mm -hmm. it was to get off to a great start. Uh, Yeah, winning that first one really makes life a little bit easier. So Notre Dame-Texas should be outstanding on Friday. And again, congratulations to all eight teams that have made it four from the SEC. Uh, you got uh, two from the Big 12, mm-hmm. one from the Pac-12, one from the ACC. Those are the eight that are still alive and kicking in Omaha. When we come back on this program, another ACC national champion joins us. Claudio Romero is the champion in the discus by two centimeters. Holy smokes. We will talk to Claudio next Wahoo Wah on ACCN. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham. It is a Tuesday. All right. And what do we do here? We talk to national champions. That's what we do on this program. That's what we do, Wes. I, um... Yeah, it is what we do. Gabby Leone yesterday. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we go to Charlottesville, and the national champion in the discus is here from the University of Virginia. Please welcome Claudio Romero to Packer and Durham. Claudio, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? We're great. All right. Now, you won the NCAA discus title by two centimeters? Yeah. That is awesome. No, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> all right, I want to get into some stuff now. Let, let's get, all right, do you have the discus with you? Do you did you bring that with I you? I do, yeah. All right, I always word, have the discus with all right, me. All right, so word has it that you can spin a discus, like a guy would pick up a basketball or whatever. Okay, so if you got that, let me let me put you on the test here. Can you spin the discus for us? All right, all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got you here. All right, so now that does it. Now, how That's difficult? That's trick. Oh, okay. All right. Now, so how long does it take to learn to do that? Because that looks like something that, like, if I picked up a discus, how long would it take me to learn how to spin one? Uh, I mean, like, definitely it's, like, all about practice, you know. Um, usually, I, I, I guess it took me, like, two months, you know. But, like, I'm a pretty slow learner. So, like, I will give you a little less for you. All right, so... Uh, so you're coming back from Oregon. Do you carry that thing? And they allow you to carry that thing on the plane? How does that work? 
No, I, I, uh, I do have to take it in, unfortunately. So you can't just sit there in like uh, seat 22C and just spin that thing on the way home, huh? You can't, you can't impress the masses doing that. Yeah, no, I can't. But uh, yeah, I would definitely get some free stuff from the flight attendants if, uh, if they see me doing this trick. Yeah, I hear you now. I see what you're doing with that. The old spin the discus yeah. flight attendant trick. I got you on that deal. So, all right, so how big a deal was this? I mean, you've been close before. Did you feel, we asked this question to Gabby Leon yesterday from Louisville. Did you feel like, hey, you know what? It's my time to win this bad boy. Let's go do it. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a challenge. You know, I was uh, coming second seated to the collegiate record holder, you know. So uh, uh, it was definitely in my mind, you know. Um, I knew it was going to be as tough as uh, it was going to be to get a medal at a uh, world championships. So uh, definitely a challenge, you know. Uh, I was nervous the whole time. And the fact that I won by uh, two centimeters is just like makes it so much worse. <laughs> I love it. All right. Now, the discus, there's, there's a lot of technique involved in this. I know just enough to be dangerous. Oh, For this. you, what makes your, what makes your approach the best why why did it work out for you is it because of the velocity you create in the launch is it the way you release the disc where where do you think you have an advantage i mean uh i feel it's all about like how confident you are in the preparation you had and i was very confident because i knew i was uh doing everything i could do for the past couple months uh, so whenever i just uh went in that stage i just knew that uh what i had to do i've been doing it for months now so um, I would say that, like, my advantage in the competition was that I was so confident. Claudio, mm. I, I, I've never picked up a discus. What, what does that thing weigh? Is that weigh thing, is that like 5, 10 pounds? I mean, what, what's that thing go for? <laughs> no, it's pretty light. It's uh, 4.4 pounds, but the problem is making it fly, you know? All right, so it weighs 4 pounds. Mm. So, like, w the first time you ever picked up a discus and you went, hey, this is something I could do. I mean, walk me through that because that – you know, I know you're from Chile, so, I mean, is that just something you go, all right, I got nothing to do today. Let me go pick up a discus and heave that thing around the neighborhood. I mean, how does that work? Uh, I mean, like, I, uh, I wasn't original uh, discus thrower. I was a shot putter. And uh, I actually, like, was really bad at disc. Like, uh, I was a pretty dangerous guy because uh, I would hook the discus to a right, and uh, I would, like, almost hit sprinters every other day. So uh, whenever I like showed up to practice and my coach was uh, wanted me to throw disc, I would be like, no, please don't make me kill some sprinter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like at some point I had to get good at it just for the sake of my teammates. And uh, that's how I like became a discus thrower, I guess. All right. So if you're not right, out so there killing sprinters, if you're not on. out there killing sprinters, I mean, that sounds right. to me like it has to be like a confidence thing. It's kind of like a golfer who shanks their first shot, all of a sudden you just have to get comfortable knowing that, guess what, I'm going to get this thing going straight at some point in time. So how do you do that? I mean, I guess it's just practice, man. Um, I've been watching videos of other throwers since I was 14 years old and uh, just cannot get enough of it. <laughs> hmm. So you were going to throw shot. The coach wanted you to throw disc. You were almost hitting sprinters. You were so bad, you couldn't get it on the grid. When did the change occur? You say practice, but there had to be some, there had to be some mechanical move here that perfected the throw for you in the disc, Claudio. 
Oh no, definitely. It's like all about timing. So uh, on the release, you have to make sure your body is, uh, how, how do you explain it in mortal words, in simple words, but uh, you just have to make sure you're using uh, your body. Uh, that's the most simple I can put it. Plus uh, the fact that uh, like I didn't really have a future in the shot with, you know, with all these uh, people from here in the US just playing with 22 mm. meters. So I knew I had to change sports and, uh, and I'm not flexible even half for javelin. So I just went for disc. <laughs> all right, so let, now, now I, wanna mm. get into, I wanna get into the nutrition and, and, and what you do physically to get ready to throw yeah. the disc. So what, what's, what's the plan? Do you, do you, do we are going to eating program, do we run? I mean, do we lift weights? What, what, what's, what's the, what's the regimen to become a great discus thrower? I mean, uh, as I said before, it's mostly uh, like focusing on technique, you know, because uh, I can be as strong as I want it, you know, but if I don't know how to use my body, I cannot really throw far. Uh, I do love lifting weights, you know. Uh, when I'm on, on the off-season, you know, I like call myself, uh, I would say the quote-unquote strongman because I don't know how strong I am, but i definitely be doing liftings. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, nutrition-wise, you know, you just have to, I just follow the basics, you know, just uh, trying to, like, consume as much protein as I can. And, uh, yeah, I love myself uh, good old double chicken chipotle bowl. Yeah, man, that's what I've seen. That, to me, this is a sport that I could get into because, you know, it's all about protein. We could go ahead and load up on chicken and pork and beef and load up, right? And so I mean, protein's but key wait. here. But wait, Pat, yeah. he's deadlifting. Now, Claudio, that, that clip we just showed is from your IG where you're deadlifting 660 pounds now. I mean, there's lifting and then there's lifting. That's lifting right there. I mean, you got some kind of you got a you got a serious regimen about this if you can get that kind of size up on the bar. Oh no, yeah, definitely, you know. But uh it's all about like getting used to big weights, you know, because uh I see now like uh competition, uh like now that I'm like competing, like I try to do that and I'll break my back, you know. Like yeah. well, it's all about um hmm. like breaking your uh your seasoning parts, you know. I like yeah, well, I that was dead, the part that I needed to be strong. I uh, deadlift 200 pounds every day. I get out of bed to start the day. Deadlift 200. Right yeah, because you get up. Yeah, I just get out of bed. Yeah. That's basically how that works. <laughs> so, like, when you roll in uh, to Chipotle, or I mean, what's your go-to place to eat? That's what I want to know. I mean, you're the discus champ. you got to have some perks coming your way. What are we doing? I mean, uh, yeah, I wish I wish I, I was sponsored by Chipotle because I, I really eat there every day. <laughs> All right, so when you walk into Chipotle, what, what's the go-to order? I mean, if, if you come rolled in there with a T-shirt that says, I am the NCAA discus champion, what are we ordering? I mean, what, if you really are hungry, what are we going to go with? I mean, I always go for the classic bowl, uh, as much rice as they can give me, black beans, double chicken, uh, queso, and whack. All right, so and that's so, that's how I became the strongest man alive. All right, so to, to, so do we have <laughs> do we have any name, image, and likeness deals yet? Because I mean, you got this, hey, you got a strike when the iron's hot, man. You got more momentum right now than ever before. Do we have any nil deals? Nothing yet, no. All right, so I'm going to talk to. So, hold on oh. a second. Hold on a second. Hey, Chipotle of of Charlottesville, <laughs> listen to me. We got Claudio Romero, 
national champion. He loves your product. The man can eat. Right. He wants to be the strongest man alive. Come on, Charlottesville Chipotles. Come off the hip and get my man sponsored. Hey. Right? Got to get you something. Let out me tell of this. you. Well, if Brennan Armstrong gets some value meals or whatever the deal is going to be at McDonald's with his NIL, certainly the uh, NCAA champ and Discus can get a little, uh, right. little NIL remuneration for uh, for his favorite place to get something to eat. I would think they'd give him like the Chipotle gold card or something like that. So, <laughs> Claudia, yeah, that'd be amazing. That'd be a good thing. Claudia, they actually yeah, would be should, amazing. They should actually name the bowl after you, right? And have everything that you love in your yeah. own personal bowl. It should be called the Claudia Bowl at Chipotle. Now, how cool would that be, right? You come in and they say, what would you like to order? You'd go, you, do you know who you're talking to? You're talking to the NCAA champion, the world's strongest man. Give me my bowl. That's my bowl. That's what. You, that's how you'd yeah. order that thing. Yeah. That's what you need to get out of this thing, man. Be nice. Yeah, I mean, man, if that if that happens, dude, I'm, I'm going to owe you. No, you owe me nothing. Okay. Like, you, the satisfaction. You, you just tell me no. who do, do you want me to beat up, and I, and I got you. No, listen, you, you owe me okay. nothing hey. other than the, the time you're giving us as the NCAA champion from the University of Virginia. That's all you've given us. We need to get something for you. Yeah. All right, Claudio, we're going to follow up here. Pac's got one more question for you, but I have one before that. I noticed on the, right. on the IG here, on the IG, it says comedian. <laughs> now, wait, are, are you part-time comedian here? Are you been hiding on us this entire interview that you're a comedian? No, nah, definitely not. But uh, if I put comedian on my IG, he definitely like gives me like kind of an excuse for uh, – my dark humor and the things that I post on Instagram, you know? <laughs> Got it. Okay. All right. Just checking. Uh, didn't want didn't to leave that stone unturned, if you know what I mean, right? Uh, okay. Yeah, I know. All right. Here's our question. This, now this will be the toughest one you get out of us. Uh, since you've been All at right. the university, since you've been at the University of Virginia, Claudia, what has been your hardest class? I mean, um, I would say the hardest to pass class, you know, because uh, uh, with me and uh, I feel like a lot of people, uh, when I when I choose a really easy class, you know, I like kind of stop like putting attention to it at some point, and like I find myself at the end of the semester that uh, that I'm failing it. So I would say my hardest to pass class probably is something. Something that sounds very easy, you know, but I just don't put like any attention or like any effort on it, you know. All right. well, Something give, like could, give could it be to like you. probably like probably like drama class. Like I was about to fail, definitely. Drama class? <laughs> drama? Come on, yes. man! You yeah, just yeah. won the wait a minute! You just won the national you're championship. You're a comedian. Wait a minute! You just won the national championship by two centimeters, and you're telling me drama could be trouble? Come on, dude! You just lived the ultimate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you just lived the ultimate drama. Two centimeters. Yeah, like I know, right? Big. But hey, man, hey, man, people would argue two centimeters is a lot. Ah, uh, you're right. Speaking of dark humor, I'll let you, I'll let you run with it from there. <laughs> Claudio, congratulations. Uh, thanks for the time. Thank you very much. Look forward to following you more, okay? Be well. Thank you for having me. Good luck with Chipotle, <laughs> man. I hope that works out. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, let us know, man. Claudio Romero, the University of Virginia, the national champion discus. <laughs> that, by the way, may be one of our top five answers to hardest class. Uh, when we come back, Yasir Abdullah, 
This guy knows about NIL. He also knows about how to get to the ball carrier and the quarterback. A proven hitter in the secondary for Scott Satterfield next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham on a Tuesday, where, by the way, the local weather forecasters said there was a 0% chance of rain, and I believe it's now hailing outside the uh, the door. <laughs> <laughs> missed where's, it by where's that, Conklin? Missed it by two centimeters. Where's Al Conklin? Where's Larry Sprinkle? Uh, they were dead wrong this morning because it is howling. I okay. hope we're still on the air for crying out loud. All right. We still have more new guests for the program, Wes. Yeah, Yasir Abdullah, second team All-ACC a year ago, listed as a linebacker, but just a flat-out football player for Scott Satterfield in Louisville. And he's good enough to join us this uh, this morning here on Packer and Durham. Uh, Yasir, good morning. How are you? Morning. How y'all doing? We're great. Thanks for the time. Uh, this is an interesting time of year for college football players because there's workouts, there's you know, seven on sevens. There's all sorts of different stuff, I guess, going on. But yet, being a veteran guy, what's this time of year like for you? So around this time, uh, you know, just off-season workouts with the team, um, just bringing us closer as a whole, um, just, you know, getting us better in general. Um, in my game, too, uh, pass rushing, uh, defending the run and, you know, just getting all better all around in my game. Mm-hmm. You see, that, that's, I, that, that's what the offseason mean to me. You see, I got to tell you, yeah. I, I, I got to figure you got to be one of the happiest guys on the planet because every time you go to practice, you see old Cunningham over there on the other side and go, thank goodness yeah. he plays for my team because I would be <laughs> sick and tired of having to go chase that dude all day long if I had to go play against Malik Cunningham. That guy is crazy good, isn't he? Yeah, me and Malik um, during practice, we go at it all the time. Sometimes he'll get me, sometimes I'll get him. You know, we just talk back and forth, but, you know, good atmosphere uh, between both of us. But he's probably made you a better player, though, hasn't he? I mean, given his athleticism and given the fact of what you have to see on a given uh, Saturday in college football, especially in this league at quarterback, because he is so dangerous that I would assume that from a linebacker perspective, he checks a lot of boxes of what you need to do regardless of who you're playing. Yeah, he, he's different all around from other quarterbacks in the ACC and, and in the country. So he definitely gets me better. All right, 10 sacks a year ago, 17 and a half behind the line, which, uh, by the way, is a single-season mark for Louisville. Um, I've always found in in broadcasting games that you've played in that you find your way to the football in a lot of different ways. Uh, You're listed as a linebacker, but I never feel like that's that's a fair story because you play seemingly anywhere from nine yards off to a half yard off. Uh, where is your favorite? I mean, what's your? I mean, your versatility is is unmistakable. But is there a preferred area of the field for you, Yasir? Uh, the preferred area is just I can do it all around. 
I could go off the edge, blitz through the middle, uh, you know, pass coverage. I could just mm. do it all. By the way, when we get to this time of year, I- I'm just curious as a player, and you're not just a player, you're a <laughs> player. Uh, do you ever <laughs> grab, if you're zipping around, you know, you go to a bookstore, whatever the case may be, do you see these college football magazines that are about ready to pop up? Do you ever grab a couple of those and look through it, or you just stay away from all that stuff in the summertime? Uh, I just I stay away from all that. Um, hmm. I just focus on the main mission. You because know, try you, to get 15-plus sacks. Yeah, because uh, you – More TFLs. Yes, sir, you know – the division that you're in, you know, Clemson's going to get all this love. NC State's going to get all this love. You know, Wake Forest's going to get all this love. You guys are sitting there with terrific quarterback. You got a lot of guys back. Every time I see old Scott Satterfield, he's got a smile on his face like he's got a secret. Uh, do you get a sense that people are sleeping on Louisville football in 22? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we people are sleeping on us uh, every day. Wake up with that mentality, uh, just to motivate us in the morning. Uh, uh, during workouts, uh, we just think mm-hmm. about that all the time. You know, people just sleeping on us. It feels like, and and we had Coach Brown on last year about this time, talking about the mentality defensively. Uh, it feels like you're the headliner of a group that comes back this year that, that's been through a lot and, and now might be the time. Um, mm-hmm. We just talked to uh, someone from BC in the first hour about how competitive this division's going to be. Uh, you know, you guys are listed in kind of that second cut, it feels like, behind Clemson and NC State and, and probably Wake Forest since they won the division last year. But, Yasir, when you look at, at where you guys come back and the number of guys you bring back, uh, really on both sides of the ball, um, there, there's a lot to play for if you're a Louisville fan right now. Yeah, so, um, you know, everybody coming back is a huge plus for us. Uh, we all have that chip on our shoulder that we need to get better and then, you know, we just need to be that dominant force on the field. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, you've already done your work to get your degree, which I'll get to momentarily. But, you know, I'm always intrigued by name, image and likeness with what student athletes are going through in this whole new universe. Uh, explain to the folks some of the cool things that you've done with your NIL cash, because you have decided, you know what, giving back to community is something that makes a lot of sense and hits home to you. Uh, yeah. So what I did with the NIL money, uh, I went back to my hometown in Miami uh, it just gave back to this uh, to the school. Uh, my um, my academy, uh, North Islam Academy. Uh, they I grew up there for, for like till pre K to twelve. Then um, they really took care of me, so I just felt my heart to give back. Wow. Um, and then went to Carroll City. Uh, gave a donation to Monet. And it's, it was really helpful for her. You know, she been through some stuff. Um, and, you know, just giving back to her, you know, filled my heart up. Hmm. Why is, why is that so important to you, Yasir? 
I mean, a lot of guys look at look at the material things, and yet you you make a conscientious effort to to put it back into something in education in, in the area you grew up in. Yeah, I was I was always brought up in a way to if you give back, you're gonna get some blessings back, mm. and never forget where you came from. Because in, in in bad times, dark times, um, those people in the light that was with you from day one is gonna show up with you. You're right about that, mm. my man. A hundred percent, tenfold. Uh, by the way, coming from Miami. Uh, you think those folks down there at the University of Miami are like, man, how do we let him get away? Man, this dude's a baller now. I mean, I, I, I got to figure you got to <laughs> you, you go back home. You're like, hey, Canes, I got something for you guys down the road. We'll see you boys at some point in time. Yeah, I, I ain't worried about them, man. I'm glad I came to Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that, that has worked out well, though, what? hasn't it? Yeah. What uh, we? I mean, look, you're you're one of those guys. Monty Montgomery's one of those guys. I mean, Dorian Etheridge was there a couple of years ago. That's a guy. I mean, there's always one or two cats that play for Louisville that I mean, like are everywhere. I mean, a couple of years ago, I was doing a game at Pittsburgh, and you unlock some cat in the secondary. I mean, just blasted them. Um, that's like the vibe you guys have on that side of the ball. And it's been consistent since Louisville came in the league. Where where does that start? Does that start when you get on campus for the first time? So it's like um, just having that swag. Uh, it's, it's me, Monty, Yaya. And we, mm-hmm. we just all have that swag. And then we bring it through the whole defense. By the way, Yasir, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put you on the spot. All right, this is gonna be the biggest pressure Uh-oh. question you get here, and it's not even my traditional last question to you. And we normally get into this conversation with Louisville when it comes to guys with speed, but I want you to tell me, and you cannot answer me. It's me, so you're out of answering this question for yourself. Who's the best athlete on this football team? Oh boy. Who is the most <laughs> who's the most athletic dude on the Louisville <clears throat> football team? I'm gonna have to say it's me. No, I just league. said to, no, listen, you I can't just say said you. you can't answer yourself on this. I knew you would I knew you were gonna answer it. Oh, it's me, Pac. No, you can't do that. Other than you, the most athletic dude on this team is whom? I have to say Malik. Cunningham. All right. Yes. <laughs> only makes you better. That only makes you better. All yeah. right, now, yeah. this is this is the traditional question. And the fact that you've already got your degree, kind of curious to see which way you're going to go on this. But since you've been through the University of Louisville, what has been your hardest class? My hardest class? Uh, I had to say promotion and sales. Hmm. It's, it's just a lot of numbers. And I'm good. I'm good at math, but not not as much. Dude, you know what you got to do? All you do tackles for loss. Guy with the court. Hey, guy with the ball. Put him on the ground. That to me is promotion and sales with what you're going to be doing for yes. a living. Right. That's what that's all <laughs> yeah. about. You don't have to open I'm up with your those mouth. numbers. That's right. You don't have to say a word other than hey. My ball does the play here now. Well, they'll do all the talking when I have to go ahead and just knock people on the left left coast. Man, you're a dude now. <laughs> Daniel, we wish you the very best. 
I appreciate y'all, man, for real. Thanks, you, sir. Appreciate the time. Uh, when we continue, more Packer and Durham coming up a busy 9 o'clock hour. Gene Chizik going to join us, the defensive coordinator and assistant head coach of Carolina. But when we come back, the impact of Title IX, the 50th anniversary Title IX shows tomorrow night on ACC Network. We'll talk about it next. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham on a rainy Tuesday here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Storming like crazy. That 0% chance of rain, that would be inaccurate. Inaccurate forecast. Yeah, but they're right the other days. It's like FPI. They're right the other days. 99% chance of no rain. Well, we were right. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Hey, uh, coming up later this month, June 23rd to be exact, is the 50th anniversary of Title IX. This Wednesday, 8 o'clock on ACC Network, we'll have a Title IX special for you, uh, outlining the impact of Title IX and in particular on the, all, on a, the ACC. Uh, a kind of a preview, if you will, uh, is the story of Mia Hamm and her accomplishments at the University of North Carolina in women's soccer and the dominance that Anson Dorrance's program has had in his coaching career of 21 national titles. Mia Hamm, in her own words, about what Title IX means to her. To me, Title IX means opportunity. Opportunity to participate, to play, to grow, um, to be my best. Playing at a collegiate level shaped me both on and off the pitch. It gave me an education. It gave me an opportunity to strive for my goals. You know, I wouldn't have been able to come to the University of North Carolina without Title IX, without being able to participate in a sport, get, get a scholarship. You know, it's changed the course of my life. Boy, was she mm. great or was she great? Those teams are great, but Mia yep. Hamm was a kind of like a Charlotte North in her respect to sports. She That's was a it. super star is what she was. Yep. Yep, and the inspiration of Mia Hamm and those particular Carolina teams and the impact they had on women's soccer in this country uh, as a developing sport, that's what I think 10 years from now, PAC, is going to be interesting to see from women's lacrosse is what the impact of a player like Charlotte North, particularly in that part of the country where lacrosse is already kind of an established sport, what the impact of Charlotte North is going to be five, ten years from now when all those little girls that Dana Boyle was talking about at Johns Hopkins watching the national championship and the final four in women's lacrosse. What, what does that look like ten years from now when those girls are 17, 18, 19, 20? Um, it, it's really, really fascinating. Uh, and Mia Hamm is directly linked to a lot of that. Yeah, and I think uh, from her career at Carolina. And Wes, I think you've kind of seen that uh, explosion already on the softball front, right? I mean, that sport has taken Absolutely. off from a television mm-hmm. perspective. The numbers have been great. We just had the national championship and again, congratulations to Oklahoma as dominant as they were. Uh, but mm-hmm. you've seen that happen with with multiple sports now that hey, exposure, exposure, exposure. How does it change? It does take time. You got to have a grassroots effort from that perspective, but I think lacrosse, without question, and both the men and women's uh, side 
uh, that sport is taking off right now nationwide. So it's one of the reasons we give it such yep. huge exposure because the league is so good and the stars are in this conference. But going back to Mia Hamm, mm-hmm. uh, she was ahead of her time. And uh, UNC women's soccer was as well uh, with the teams that Anson put together there in Chapel Hill. But uh, that'll be a spectacular special coming up on Wednesday. It'll be outstanding. Yep, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock uh, here on ACC Network, special edition of all ACC. Uh, yesterday, NC State got in the promotional business in June for Devin Leary. D. Leary delivers. The campaign was launched yesterday by the Wolfpack. Uh, Devin is going to be on this program Thursday morning. We're looking forward to that during the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, 35 touchdowns last year, a school record, of course, for the Wolfpack. Broke the mark held by uh, Philip Rivers. The tweet went out, hashtag DLD13. Um, he's thrown 51 scores, number six in school history. Uh, looking forward to having him with us on Thursday. Uh, look, it, some of this is a good thing for somebody like Leary because it's not De- – Dave Dorn said he's the best quarterback in the country. Uh, I think he's the best returning quarterback in the ACC. I think Sam Hartman's numbers are there, certainly over his worksheet. But Devin Leary last year was terrific, Pac. You know that. I mean, this guy, when NC State NC State started to ascend when Devin Leary hit his groove with Tim Beck as the offensive coordinator. Well, not only uh, was he good, the team was good, but his consistency, Wes. I mean, it just he never yep. seemed to have a bad day, right? Every Saturday, I mean, he absolutely put it on the money. So it's one of the reasons, like you said, that Dave mm. Doran thinks he's got the best quarterback in the country. Uh, and if he doesn't, I tell you what, he's on the short list for sure. Worst case scenario. Yep. And if Devin puts up the numbers that he's been putting up, he will be in that conversation because the hype surrounding NC State football in 22 is going to happen. I know that Wolfpack Nation's kind of like, shh, hey, dude, secret's out. Now, uh, again, I said it last year was all about North Carolina, and you had the whole thing going with Sam Howe, North Carolina preseason top 10. Tag, yep. you're it, NC State. You've got now that quarterback and that kind of team that there's going to be a lot of people nationwide paying attention to NC State, mm. believing that they're going to be the best team in the ACC's Atlantic Division. They're going to be the team that's going to be in the ACC. Uh, hunt in terms of that big picture and preseason top 10, top 15. So that's coming your way, NC State, and you really can't stop it because the national media has already jumped on board. So Devin Leary has been consistently good, and we look forward to having him on the show later this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Really looking forward to seeing um, how this unfolds for the Wolfpack, and it coincides with the Atlantic Division. Uh, We said this last year. I think it's going to be safe to say it this year. You're looking at the best quarterback league in the country. Now, they've got to go prove it, but in terms of returning players, um, you're looking at the best quarterback league in the country, and it's headlined by this guy right here. Uh, Yeah, there's a Sam Hartman discussion to be had, but right now Devin Leary went 35-5. and He was the only quarterback in the ACC to, to have that a year ago. That's why right now he's at the top of the list. Um, Hartman is terrific. Phil Jakovic is terrific. We could go on and on. We just had Yasir Abdul on here talking about Malik Cunningham. Terrific. Um, Don't you know, forget about we, Brennan Armstrong we know situ- and his McDonald's deal. Uh, Brennan Armstrong. Here, I can, 
I can feel the phone now with all the Twitter responses here. What about Brennan Armstrong? Brennan Armstrong's terrific. Jordan Travis. How about the guy? healthy has been amazing. How about the guy? And Tyler Van Dyke's amazing. I'm just saying. There you go. That's why this league, when the quarterback conversation, when you went as strong with Devin Leary's the guy, I'm thinking, well, there's about six schools that just went – uh, what's the what's the Twitter account for these guys? I mean, I mean again, you made yeah, the comment. Exactly. I, I think you can make the case Trust for me. a couple of them, and that's why the competition level is so high. And you can have all these great campaigns, which Devin's going to have in NC State, smart to jump on mm-hmm. the bandwagon and start all this stuff. All you got to do is go out and play, man. Just go out and put out the numbers. And Devin yep. Leary, like I said, his consistency to me is what's really kind of separated him from a lot of guys around the country. He doesn't have bad Saturdays. He doesn't, and he puts the ball in the right. right spot. And, you know, that 35 touchdowns, as you see on the screen, that's impressive, but maybe more impressive is that number beside it, five, five interceptions. Picks. And he doesn't make <clears throat> mistakes. He is a smart, smart quarterback. Yeah, so the quarterback discussion is one that uh, can go from discussion to debate to argument if you're not careful in this league. And we haven't seen, by the way, what Keaton Slovis's impact could be at Pittsburgh if that happens. Um, you know, Garrett Schrader obviously returns at Syracuse. Hey, What's the Carolina decision going to look like, right? We're, we're going to talk about Georgia Tech football coming up in next hour. Jeff Sims is a dynamic playmaker. And, oh, by the way, the team mm-hmm. a lot of folks think is going to be the best in the league, Clemson. Uh, what does DJ do? Does he bounce back and have a huge year? And, and does he give us a glimpse of what he did right. when he was uh, playing at Notre Dame and threw for 9,000? I mean, so, again, the storylines with quarterbacks in this league, deep – talented and really really good mm-hmm. and uh, i think that gives optimism especially in the acc's atlantic division i'll say it again I'll, i will take this one to my grave this year i think the acc's atlantic division is going to be really really good and it's one that the nation uh, as far as sports writers and talk show hosts paying no attention to it whatsoever the conference's division in the atlantic side is going to be deep and talented really good there you go yep all right, uh, working our way to the 9 o'clock hour. Going to be a busy final hour today. Gene Chizik will join us here in just a few minutes. You mentioned Andy Demetra. He'll be along from Atlanta to talk about Georgia Tech as part of our two-a-days. And we'll kind of polish up our conversation about best moments for the new ACC schools. Notre Dame uh, winning at Tennessee over the weekend, certainly a marquee moment. Was it the best moment for the Irish? But when we come back, friend of the program, Gene Chizik, is here, Pac. We will talk to the uh, returning coordinator of the Tar Heels on the defensive side of the ball next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham.